Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. This is Absolute Radio Country. I am Ben Earl, and my guest today is an artist who began writing songs when she was just 15. But when she started posting covers of her favorite 90s country songs on social media, she went massively viral. And now you literally have millions of followers, some very famous fans as well. And you sold out shows all across the UK, including tonight uh, in London at the Assembly Hall in Islington. Alexandra Kay, welcome to Absolute Radio Country. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I've been following you on Twitter for so long. So I'm like so glad we're finally meeting. Oh, well, we're very, very excited to have you. And your show tonight in London is going to be massive. We'll talk about that in a bit. But I really want to find out, where did your love of country start? Because did, did I see you were kind of writing R&B and hip hop at one point? I was. I was. But my my love for country music started as a young child. So my parents pretty much only listened to country. I mean, it was like 92.3, 93.7 were the two country stations where I grew up in like the St. Louis area. And it was nonstop what they had on. So I was listening and that was like in the 90s. So I was listening to, you know, a lot of George Strait and a wonderful, wonderful females. I mean, we had like Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks was huge at that time, always playing on the radio, George Strait, um, John Michael Montgomery, whom I love. But I mean, like the ladies were running the airwaves at that time. And so it was like such an inspiring time for women falling in love with country music. You had Faith Hill, you had Leanne Rimes, you had Jody Messina, you had Sarah Evans. It was a huge time. And so I honestly fell in love with the country music songwriting first. I fell in love with the storytelling. And so when I got to be a little bit older, around like 13, 14 years old, I started kind of like writing poetry and then could just hear these melodies. And it just kind of came out as like 90s style country songs. Wow. And that, those are the ones that you started covering and then sort of went viral with the 90s country songs. 100%. Yeah. Because as you noticed, I mean, it was like all 90s country songs. It's all my favorites from when I was a kid and just my favorite songs that made me fall in love with the genre in the backseat of that car, you know? So I covered Jody Messina all the time, which is so crazy because she's a friend of mine now, which is like mind blowing, as well as I've met Faith Hill now and I've covered her god knows how many times so just like yeah life is crazy i was gonna say because the, the list of people you've collaborated with and, and like you say cool friends i mean gary lavox from rascal flats yeah. tim mcgraw randy travis and joe d messina who you just mentioned i must be like you say a pinch me moment that you can call some of them friends but what kind of wisdom have they passed on to you if any oh wow so much i mean just getting to be on tour with tim was one of the most incredible experiences of my life just getting to be around him he's such a pro right he's like for me he's just the definition of pro he's so focused i mean he's working out multiple times a day before he's putting on like a two hour long show in the heat he's like running up and down the stairs at the arena or at the amphitheater and i'm just like watching him like oh my god and then he's like going into the sauna and sweating it all out and he's out just like hanging out and talking to everybody and playing basketball and then he's in there having a songwriting session and then he's recording this and the bus and he's just an absolute pro you know and like I walked by him one day and we had like a rain delay on the show when I was opening for him and and uh it got pushed back and so like my set right there wasn't a lot of people out there because like they were just letting people back in 
the amphitheater after like the lightning and I came back out and he was like apologizing to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, wow. So sorry for the rain and that you didn't have a lot of people to play for. And I was like, Tim, my gosh, like, <laughs> it's fine. I'm happy to be here, you know? And he was like, these are the nights when we learn our chops. This is the nights when we sharpen our knives. And I was like, 100%. So he is just a walking book of wisdom. So, I love that. Did you join him for a workout anytime? I did one time. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to just sneak past. I'm not going to lie. I tried to just sneak past and I think I was headed back to catering to get like my third meal of the day and he had, <laughs> or like ice cream or candy or something. And he always had this big like CrossFit gym kind of set out out there. And then he had like a whole nother trailer of treadmills and it was like a hundred degrees in there. But I was like walking past to go to catering. And he was like, Alexandra, you, you going to change? And I was like, yeah. He's like, because you're doing the workout, right? I was like, yeah. I made it through half of it. And I literally was like, Tim, I have an interview. I have to, I have to. He was like, oh, yeah, okay, for sure, for sure. <laughs> because I was like literally about to puke in front of Tim McGraw. I was getting my butt kicked so much in the workout, but it was yeah. so cool. So I cool. love that. It's so amazing. What a great story. I love your songs. I've listened to your album, All I've Ever Known, a lot. And you're very open and honest, uh, specifically about your divorce in, in the, okay. most of the songs. And also on social media as well. But I've, I've seen that you admire Taylor Swift as a songwriter. I and I was wondering, do you think there's maybe uh, a similarity in the fact that Taylor's so open in her songs and so genuine as a person and you are too? And is that maybe why people are connecting? Because you're just so real in your songs. There absolutely is a similarity because it's the reason why I write the way I write is because of Taylor and how her songs affected me. And, you know, when I started writing songs at a very young age, what I wanted to be as a songwriter and as an artist was just somebody that felt like they were sitting next to you in class, you know, that felt like they could be in your Spanish class or a part of your friend group or somebody you could just walk up to on the street and, and ask for advice, like your big sister. That's what I wanted to be to anybody listening to these songs. And I think the way that Taylor was able to touch me in such a deep way at such a young age to make me want to start expressing myself in this way was because she did something that I try to do in all of my songs and I've, I've kept with me all these years is the way that she writes makes it seem like she's talking exactly about your situation. So she'll give you little Easter eggs, little bits of very specific moments and to make you feel like you're like, how did she know? Like, how did she know exactly my situation? But she makes it vague enough to make it make everyone feel that way. And that is what I have modeled my songwriting by. It's what I bring into every single room is that's the feeling I want to convey. That's what I want to make everybody have that aha moment of, wow, how does she know me so well? And it's amazing because I haven't been divorced and yet I really feel like those songs, I don't know, I, I can really relate to it massively. My favorite by you is actually I Hate Airplanes. And oh, thank all, you. All the kind of like the furniture and you're talking about the boarding pass, really specific furniture language, really sort of little things I just love. And um, I think you nailed that song, by the way. I'm quite jealous. As a songwriter, myself, I'm quite jealous. The furniture, that's yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You know, right. I read that song about, um, I, I had a an ex-boyfriend that was in the, the Air Force. And every single time I got on an airplane after that, even when I was over him, I wasn't in love with him anymore. The relationship had passed. For years, I would get off of an airplane at the St. Louis airport, which is where I would pick him up. And anytime I was walking through that American Airlines terminal, I just like saw my him coming around the corner and my heart would just start beating because I would go all this time without seeing him. 
And it just made me loathe traveling in those like heartbreak moments. And that's what we wrote that song about. So one of my favorites as well. I'm really glad you love that one. (laughs) That's great. It's great. I have to ask about the Grand Ole Opry because you made your debut last year. I watched the video. I mean, I I played it myself as well. So I know how I feel. But can you talk to me about when you get the call and then how the whole day just went for you? What was that experience like? Uh, Well, first of all, when I got the call, my parents had already been scheming because my dad is the one who broke it to me. So I didn't actually get the call first. My my manager, Beth, did. And then she kind of arranged for my parents to be in Nashville. And we went to one of my favorite restaurants. And my parents just kind of like made up some excuse to have to come through Nashville that I actually believed wholeheartedly. (laughs) My dad works for a hotel. And so my dad was like, oh, there's a new hotel of the chain that he works at, the hotel branch he works at. And he was like, they're opening a new one and they need someone to come train, you know, his position. And so I'm going to actually be in Nashville. And I was like, oh, my gosh, awesome. I'm actually driving back to Nashville. I'll just ride with you. And he was like, 100%. They plan this whole thing. (laughs) We go to dinner. My dad starts talking about Jelly Roll, whom you know I I just absolutely adore. Good friend of mine and like an idol and like an icon. And I'm just like, okay, where is he going with this Jelly Roll story? Like, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. You know, and he's like, well, you're making your opera debut on this day. And I was like, it was just so... (laughs) Just a throwaway. He just slipped it right into the conversation (laughs) so effortlessly that I was just like, dad, I'm impressed. Like it almost got past me. I just, you can see in the video where I'm just like, what? (laughs) And my brain is like trying to connect these dots. But um, so awesome the way that they did it in the way that my the way that my family was just able to be a part of the really big moment. And you know, what's crazy is that is around the time when people, I think, started to notice that my relationship, um, that we weren't together anymore because my ex-husband at the time wasn't there, but we hadn't announced that we weren't together. And then my ex ended up actually coming to my Grand Ole Opry debut. And we were still in one of those moments of trying to see if we could make anything happen or work anything out in that point and it was after that that we decided to fully call it quits wow so So isn't it strange that i was like going through like i'm that nobody even knew that on like one of the happiest days of my life of my grand Ole opry debut that my like soon to be ex-husband was there and we're like fighting this crazy battle together and like i'm just supposed to like go up there and also have the biggest moment of my life when my like personal life is falling apart it was just like a really crazy time for me yeah something i mean as an artist, no one knows what's really going on inside. When you're up on that stage, making that you know massive milestone in your career, yeah. were you kind of conflicted or did you just let it go while you're on the stage? Once I got on the stage, everything was different. You know, I mean, it's it's the Grand Ole Opry. It's the most iconic stage I could step on. I mean, the all I could feel was the energy of people that came before me. And to really, I was fighting more to make myself feel worthy of of being in this position, right? Because I think I fight that a lot. I fight the imposter syndrome a lot, right? Because I have tried my best through this whole thing to just stay humble and grounded. And when I am at the core of my being and looking at where I am as a girl from Southern Illinois who has no connections to the music business, who no one in her family sings, no one plays an instrument. It's like, I'm like, how did I get here? So I fight that imposter syndrome a lot. And so really it was important to me in that moment just to let myself feel, you know, the fruits of my labor just kind of blossom and and to let allow myself to feel like I deserve to be there. And so it was just a really, really surreal moment. And the energy in that circle is insane. It's almost like 
creepy. Do you think that almost adds to that original wood? If people don't know, they've got the whole stage and they've got the original wood from the Ryman they brought over. And you walk into that right. tiny circle. It's tiny, isn't it? It's like from two the flood, and yeah. people don't know that. Yeah, that they like saved it from the flood and they brought it over. And so it's like that's what I had done a couple of content days at the Grand Ole Opry just to promote like some events at the Grand Ole Opry. Me and Cooper Allen and a couple of my other friends um, had done some content there, but the, we never stepped inside the circle because that's the thing. It's like you don't step in the circle until you have your moment. Yeah. So we were just kind of tiptoeing around it the whole day because we're like, <laughs> no, not until we get our opera debut. And then it's really, what's really, really cool is at that time, none of us had had a Grand Ole Opry debut and now all all four of us who did that shoot that wow. day have had our debut, wow. which is really cool. I yeah. will say, if you haven't seen the video online of Alexandra's uh, Grand Ole Opry debut, do check it out because it's an amazing video. It has some backstory as well to it of your life. I, I absolutely loved it. You you played C2C over in London last year yes. for the first time. Uh, how do you feel about UK crowds? Is it different to the US? Oh, completely different. Also, I am in love with London. <laughs> I'm in love with Manchester. I'm so excited that I'm coming back over. You have no idea. I'm like counting down the days. But I, it's, it's honestly playing C2C last year. It was one of those things where as an independent artist, you know, it's expensive for me to get myself over there and I'm a completely independent. So I don't have a label, like label money to get me over. And so it was that important to me that we went over and we saw these fans in the in the UK, which we had way less fans in the UK at that time than we do now after having gone to C2C and playing, what, four shows over there. It really meant that much to me to go over there and to give the hugs and to cultivate that relationship with them over there. And and I'm so glad we did. And I would spend the money 10 times over to go back over there and do it again. And now, like, I, I think where we really kind of saw all of our hard work and, and that trip kind of pay off was when we put the London show up and it sold out like that. And we were just like, whoa, OK, something's happening, you know. Definitely. I mean, it's not a small venue. Isn't no, assembly no, no. hall. I mean, to sell it out for anyone is amazing, but you know, to be in the position you're in, it's, I'm just, I'm so, so happy for you. Honestly, I think it's, it's brilliant. I'll be there tonight, so I can, cannot wait. Um, Thank to, you. To see, oh, to see I you can't play. wait to meet you in person. It's gonna be really good, really good. I've got just yeah. a couple more questions for you. I will let you go, so I know you're really busy. Um, <laughs> but just with social media, I'm so fascinated by it for you, like. I saw a video of you going on a donut date a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, do you feel a responsibility to be real? You've got so many fans, like nearly 4 million followers on there. Do you feel yeah. a responsibility to be what people expect you to be? Or are you just yourself? How do you process being on social media? You know what? I'm, I'm so happy that I never tried to put on some persona or ever tried to change in any way to be more accepted or to fit into a box very early in my social media career, I guess, or in my country music career, because I truly am just 150% myself. It's extremely authentic. And it's just really like we were, Rocco and I were going to go on that donut date anyways. And I just <laughs> kind of was like, this place is really cool. And I feel like TikTok fans who have never been to Nashville, like they would want to visit this donut shop next time they come to Nashville. So like, that's my thought process is just like, showing people little nuances of my life because at the end of the day I'm just a normal girl who who loves donuts <laughs> loves donuts and <laughs> loves country music and gets to do all of these cool things but because of them right 
So I tell people this all the time and every single time I step up on a stage, I'm, I say thank you. And it's it's not just a thank you guys for everything. It is a whole moment of me saying, no, please take that into your heart when I say thank you. And please know that I mean it because I'm an independent artist. I don't have anybody making the big time phone calls for me. I don't have anybody pressing the, the big red button and saying we're going to make her a star. I, the only thing that I have is my fans and the support of those people and I would have nothing without them. And so that's what makes me so excited to not only get to tour in the U.S., but to get to go to London, to get to go to Manchester, going to Glasgow for the first time, Scotland for the first time, going to Germany for the first time, the Netherlands, going back to Australia. It's like, I just feel like I'm living this fairy tale life and it's all because of the fans and everything they've given me. So oh, that's, that's so lovely. Do you know what? All the biggest artists I've met, they, they, they remember it's just, it's not really about them. It's about the fans, no. like you said. And seeing some of the videos of people singing along to your songs it shows you can see how much it means to them in their life and uh, i think you're absolutely smashing it at the moment i'm so happy to have chatted to you today thank you so much lovely to meet i'll see you, you at the you. london Take show take care see you later bye-bye, bye-bye. if you enjoy the country music talk podcast chances are you'll also enjoy absolute radio country it's the place where real music matters and we love country music just as much as you do you'll find us online on the free absolute radio app on digital radio throughout the uk or just ask your smart speaker to play absolute radio country 